This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is here with me. We are talking the beginning of the Sharon Moore era at Michigan. Moore was hired as head coach officially Friday night. He was introduced in a press conference Saturday morning. And Steve, you and I, we weren't exactly subtle about it. We fully expected him to be coach in our last episode. We talked quite a bit about the boxes that he checks, the reasons why the hire makes sense. So I don't think there's a ton to rehash on that front. But this episode, I think it'll be, uh, you know, we both had similar genres of stories, so to speak, where we're kind of thinking about what's next. All right, all right now that the hire is done, because that's step one, what else does Michigan need to accomplish in a few different areas? So this episode, we'll talk about some of our biggest takeaways from his opening presser or some initial thoughts now that the hire is official. We'll talk about the biggest questions that he and Michigan must answer in the next couple weeks to kind of get the tenure started on the right foot. Uh, we'll talk about where where can and should Sharon Moore actually improve the program from where things were under Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was, you and I felt like he was easily a top three coach in the country, maybe even number one in terms of development and, and uh, pound for pound coaching. Uh, but at the same time, were there things that, that Michigan Michigan could improve now that there's a new man in charge. And then we'll also take an early peek. It's very early. So much is still going to change roster-wise, but an early peek at expectations for 2024. Sharon Moore's first season, a season that will have 17, 18 new starters in Michigan's, you know, offense and defense. But Steve, I think the to, to give readers a sense for how unsurprised we were, I think our site had four stories published within like, six minutes of Sharon Moore's hire becoming official because I mean, it, this was expected. We talked about it in the last episode. Uh, this is a, this is a scenario where there really was a truly qualified, well-liked universally liked, I would argue internal candidate that Michigan could simply promote. They didn't have to do a national search. There was really no need to. And in fact, doing so I would argue would have set the program back because then you have assistant coaches being disgruntled, looking elsewhere, maybe even taking other jobs. You would have had players maybe exploring, entering the transfer portal, recruiting. You know, there would have been a lot of turbulence, I think, had they interviewed anyone else. And so Michigan didn't. You know, Ward Manuel uh, got the memo. I think he felt the way that way before Jim Harbaugh left. But, you know, he, he heard the players' recommendations. He heard Jim Harbaugh's glowing recommendation. Uh, everyone was all aboard the Sharon Moore train. And so the hire was made, spoke in the press conference today. I don't know if there's anything earth shattering, but it was it was kind of his opportunity to share his his journey to Michigan, kind of his vision for the program from the last 24 hours or so. Steve, what, what's been your biggest takeaway from what you have seen or heard from Sharon Moore now that he's officially hired? I think Jim Harbaugh's rubbed off on him, which is a good thing, right? Impressive today. We've known like Sharon for a while. I mean, it's not, again, n- everything about all of this so far has not been a surprise, right? I mean, he, he, the rare case of a guy who like in a lot of ways, the, to me, the presser doesn't even really matter that much. Uh, he's already beaten Penn state on the road and he's one and zero against Ohio state. So uh, not really a situation where, you know, he's uh, unproven trying to win people over necessarily i think the turnout from the current players and the staff 
is is again expected, but you see it. It's great. That's good. That's what you want. So um no surprises, which I think is like maybe my biggest, which is good. I'm not saying biggest takeaway, like I'm surprised that there were no surprises. I just kind of that passing of the torch that Harbaugh referred to, I think when he was what in Baltimore or whatever before this all officially went down, but in retrospect, kind of looks like a comment that may have been telling the future a little bit. So, you know, yeah, I mean, he's in a position now to, he's learned long enough under Jim Harbaugh where now, you know, he's in a situation where he maybe, yeah, he can put his own fingerprints on the program with the idea also one thing I think Michigan fans should also keep in mind is uh, just because he's in L.A. Now, it doesn't mean that Jim Harbaugh can't still be an asset to the Michigan football program as far as uh, I, I got. I have to assume he will probably continue to be a major resource for Sharon Moore. And then, in effect, the program going forward. Right. So outside of trying to take a couple of the of the coach and potential coaches with him but uh but either way you know i think it all in all i think it was uh you know, real it, quick on that harbaugh yeah. has a history when they when coaches that he knows well other head coaches such as his brother such as uh you know not going to name all the names but it's it does seem like there's a little bit of a of a trade an unspoken trade system sure with that where if if he takes someone's coaches he's going to offer a glowing recommendation or, or, you know, help them find someone that maybe is off the track. I mean, it's, it's similar to the, the exchange that he and John Harbaugh had. So right. don't, yeah. don't vilify him just yet. I mean, we'll no. see, maybe he helps Sharon more find right. a and really great defensive coordinator. Exactly. And, 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 and here's the thing too. And I, I, it's, I won't say more mind numbing that there was a, even a, on our board, a discussion about, Ward Manuel not doing enough to hang on to Jesse Minter. I mean, give me a break. He was gone to the NFL, whether it was following Jim to Los Angeles or going elsewhere. Michigan was fortunate to hang on to him last offseason, if we're being totally honest. Absolutely. Uh, so that whole thing is outrageously stupid. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. So, uh, you know, and I, I have to assume Sharon ward like everyone aware mentor there was almost no chance you could have made him the highest paid dc in in college football maybe by like a healthy amount and it would not have kept him from uh making the jump and again whether it was with jim or or somewhere else i mean i just think it was a foregone conclusion he if he has his way which he probably will at some point i mean he probably basically wants to follow the exact footsteps of mike mcdonald college dc nfl dc nfl head coach yeah, so otherwise, yeah, big, but but as far as the takeaways and stuff, yeah, really just more about it, kind of go, really just going as expected. Uh, lots of, there's such a strong foundation now at Michigan. I think that's, I think that's one of Harbaugh's legacies here now is that, I mean, it's, it's not just that Michigan came in and, and, and had a great three year run and won a national championship, but it just feels like the culture and foundation there is like rock solid in today's as it pertains to today's college football atmosphere, right? Uh, there's no such thing as a 100% rock solid foundation in today's college football, but Michigan is as close is closer to that right now than, than probably any program in the country. Uh, Georgia, probably the other one, but even then you, you're down South, you're seeing it's basically free agency, uh, you know? And, and so, that have to be able to walk in with that foundation and knowing that he was the guy that the players and Jim and the other coaches wanted speaks volumes. It does. It does. I think I I'm like you, there was nothing in the press conference today that I was like, Whoa, what a surprise. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the quotes and things I've, I've already written that about him before you know the, the coach them hard love them harder that's been mentioned on this podcast probably six seven eight times at this point you know some of some of the other things that were brought up not exactly a surprise the hiring hiring itself was not a surprise and so but I do think the the takeaway or the thing that maybe isn't being discussed enough is how valuable it is and maybe maybe Michigan is taking fans are taking it for granted 
But we talked just a few days ago. My lasting impression of Jim Harbaugh was that he built Michigan to be the toughest team in the country. You know, from the blue collar shirts to the style of play to the Ben Herbert uh, routine busting mental discipline kind of workouts. You know, everything he did was built around transforming Michigan into the toughest team in the country because they they weren't going to be able to out recruit everybody. They weren't going to be able to out talent everybody necessarily but if you can out tough everybody you're going to have a shot in every game and you're probably going to end up being a pretty good team when you can recruit at Michigan's level so I feel like that was such a to me that's like the lasting a lot of things Jim Harbaugh will be remembered for but to me that's the lasting impact and you can tell in the press conference today you can tell in the the statements that, that were you know announced with the hiring Sharon Moore is going to keep that going. O-line coach, O-lineman by trade, played. I mean, he's been in JUCO. He's been, uh, he played O-line for Bob Stoops. Like, it's it's kind of interesting, like, how this is, like, even though he and, he and Jim Harbaugh don't have that much in common in terms of their position or anything, but, like, they, I think they view football the exact same way, and that's that's extremely valuable. I think that is a huge asset for Michigan because I think a lot of schools have done the promote from within and I think sometimes it's been very successful sometimes it hasn't I'd have to really do the research but I think the the common denominator ones among the unsuccessful promotions from within the a change in in culture a change in approach to and philosophy to what what your team needs to be known for uh, I think Michigan if anything, they're going to be tougher and grittier and more blue collar. Er, I mean, it's just, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it shouldn't be taken lightly. I guess is what I'm trying to say because I think Michigan fans mostly get it. I mean, Sean Moore is an O line coach. His his catchphrase is literally smash. But it was it was something that kind of jumped out to me when I was uh, typing up the quotes for the for the for the press conference. Today. I'm like, yeah, yeah, as, as you kind of said. Very Jim Harbaugh like in a lot of ways, but also uh, even if even if in the parts that he isn't like Jim Harbaugh, I think there's still that common connection of, you know, he wants he's going to want players who embrace the grind. He's going to want players who want the contact, want the hard work, want the the battles that occur on the football field. You know, and I think that's that's going to help Michigan. That's going to raise Michigan's floor. A lot of question marks heading into next season. We'll talk about some of them. More of them we'll probably write about. But, you know, as long as your team is going to out-tough everyone on your schedule, or even like 11 out of 12 opponents, you're going to have a pretty good record, especially when you have Michigan's training facilities, recruiting resources, uh, and coaching staff. And speaking of those three things, as well as other things, Let's pivot to something I think you and I both were kind of writing in that section. I, I was I wrote I had a five questions story where I looked at uh five We we kind of overlapped. Yeah. I think we literally <laughs> my, both my had bad, what no. now. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that and then uh and then I, I didn't didn't you reach out to me about Yes, I texted you, wanted, you yesterday. Yeah, I know, and I, I wrote and it, like, and I'm hey, like, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this story about these question marks." And then, which and then, I will and say, though, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna under undercut them. <laughs> no, I'm one kidding, thing I appreciate obviously. about our site, though, is we will have some overlaps because we're all trying to, you know, have our kind of reaction stories, and that's what people want. But, but I think we're able to meet different styles of reader right yeah it was different it was you have a little bit more like the vip i don't know if there's any scoops in yours but but you you have a little bit more the vip opinion i i think you're you're a lot quicker to the point than i am whereas like i will have like the stats the quote from three years ago the like random research tidbits so like i think we we even though there was some overlap i feel like we had two different styles and both stories i think were very well received based on Yes, the numbers that we use, uh, because I think it is it is the the pressing topic is, you know, the Sharon Moore hiring was not the dramatic part. That was not the the part that was in question. If anything, the Harbaugh part was a little bit more of the up in the air. But now I think in a lot of ways, the intrigue begins. And I think there's a few different directions. There's, 
you know, for, for people who are not Michigan fans, of course, they're going to bring up the NCAA investigations. That is intriguing this offseason. I think the coaching staff will be intriguing. Who do they hire? Does anyone else leave uh, other than the people that we've talked about? Where does what networks does Sharon Moore call upon when he, in, when it comes to hiring new coaches? Because I think he has to hire at least two new coaches. You know, what does he do with that? I think the player retention, the recruiting philosophy. Steve, there's a lot of different directions we could go. What's the most pressing one for you? If you were like Sharon Moore's confidant and he he was like, hey, what what do I where do I start? What, what's 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 agenda item number one other than press conference, meeting the players, the handshakes and the, you know, that initial day one stuff, the actual like work stuff, the day after syllabus week. What's the first thing you would advise him uh, to to address in terms of these question marks? It's got to be, I mean, simple, but I, I, it's got to be getting your staff put together because you, and again, I'm, you, I, is the whole staff going to be put together by Monday? Cannot fathom that'll be the case. But you have another week to recruit before the dead period starts and you're defending national champions. You have essentially, and it, not you as in Sharon, but like, with the whole gym thing, they threw away one whole week where they weren't even on the road. And then they were on the road for two weeks with complete uncertainty as to what the future was. So, you know, again, I'm not saying it's all about recruiting because the spring will be, the spring will be here, but you, this is the one time you get to take the road fresh off of a national championship. Sharon being, getting the, being named head coach, that, that'll, help a lot just having him on the road as the head coach. I'm actually very interested to see where he goes now because he's not just the offensive line coach anymore. And he's so that means he's not just recruiting offensive linemen, right? I mean, you know, there's other kids at other positions that Michigan really, really wants, you know, so where where are the priorities for the one week that he really gets to hit the road hard? Because like I said, by the time the spring comes, yes, they're still defending national champions. Not saying the the shine is worn off, but it's nowhere near the same as it is when you're they in 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 what in the way you'd want it was that Michigan won, and I I think the 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 visit the eval period starts that next week. Like you want to hit the road with your your national championship hat coat like everything. Didn't Georgia because Georgia's not a school that needs to fill out their class early, but didn't they do that last like January? Didn't they have like eight? 18 commits before spring practices there was some there was some crazy stat where it was like they had just they weren't full but they had largely recruited everyone they wanted to recruit they just went and picked off everyone that they wanted to get it's a huge because it's i mean it it, dude i mean what we say like even say a couple years ago it's like michigan for all the and we and there are there but some things in their recruiting and like recruiting wise that they've needed to improve on for a while but they're still able to recruit really well they have that opportunity to be like to be one of the few programs in the country that can legitimately offer everything. They're developing pros at a high rate. Now they have a natty um, education, which again, I know is we know that when a kid says education is their number one deal in a lot of recruitments, it doesn't really end up necessarily being the case, but it can still be a nice, it's still part of the equation, you know, like that, that Michigan was just winning something big away from having that opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, that, and, and that's why, like, it, it, it is, as somebody who covers recruiting, and, and again, Jim was, has been up front the whole time about the whole thing. So it's not like Michigan, the, the staff was out deceiving anybody, but, like, very frustrating to basically squander the majority of that time period, right? Because, yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, my belief is, say – let's just say the eval period started, let's say like a couple weeks later. So say Jim was able to take the LA job before Michigan hit the road, Sharon's name head coach. I, I just think things would be a lot different. You know, you get a full three weeks or so three, four weeks to travel the country as the national champions. And, and that can really resonate with the kids right up front. So they just watched it all on TV. They saw the Rose bowl. They saw the national championship game. You know, that's why, like I said, I, I, besides, so getting the staff in place, or at least, I guess that maybe a better way to put it was at least 
Michigan, they, you want to learn as quickly as possible of your current staff, like whether or who are you keeping for sure or who is like staying, right? So like is Jay Harbaugh going to follow Jim to LA? Like that's something you probably want to know. Like you don't want to send Jay Harbaugh out on the road on Monday if you're not 100% sure that he's going to be coaching for Michigan this season. You know what I mean? It's really, you're, you're absolutely wasting you're either you're either wasting by not sending the guy out if something hasn't been decided, or you're sending him out there, you know, and then three days later he's in LA. So that like it's it's there's no time to rest right now, I guess, would probably be my biggest piece of advice. I'm sure he knows that. I did like the one quote he said about working like a GA. Uh I liked that quote. I thought that was might that's a great way to try. A lot to of lead. head coaches could benefit from that right mindset. like great way to lead the program uh from the top down you know is to have that mindset kind of feels like michigan sort of at least you know i think there's a lot of that mindset i think that's what's gotten them there gotten them to where they are uh but but just to hear that in the initial press conference like knowing that's kind of one of the tenets of your uh sort of philosophy or whatever is like a really big big thing but yeah so I, for me it's it's Get as much of the staff as you can figured out before you get, yeah, before you hit the road as a national champion, uh, you know, for this, like I said, this one week. So, uh, you know, that, that'd be my biggest thing. Don't have to fill the staff, but just at least something, at least know you're sending guys out that are going to be with your program (laughs) once September comes. Yeah. You touched on uh, a lot of, I think, very, accurate points and stuff that we're going to see in, in kind of in real time in a lot of ways, just because there is, as you said, that one week, you don't have time to sit and ponder for every, I mean, some things like, you know, you don't want to be hasty with, with like a defensive coordinator hire, but yeah, you want to, you want to know who's going on the road for you. You want to know who's, who's going to be on your staff, you know, so that you can go and answer those questions to players. And speaking of answering questions to players, I think my biggest question was kind of similar to yours, but I'll go in a different direction. Talk about the the current team in the next few days. It does seem like Sharon, Sharon Moore kind of touched on it. It sounds like he has had conversations with most of the players in terms of the ones that might be getting reached out to by other top programs. And I said this on the other day, but I think the thing that will be interesting for me is I, I feel like the defense is very turnkey. It's ready to go. I think the more interesting development, the thing that I'll be kind of asking around more heading into spring practices, heading into weeks two and weeks three of, of Sharon Moore's tenure is, you know, what what is his view of this offense? Because I think everyone remembers the 32 straight run plays against Penn State. And who knows, maybe that that works. You know, it's 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 very easy to see how Alex Orgy runs and see how Donovan Edwards runs and see how Kalum Mullings runs and say, okay, yeah, they could be they could they could probably do a service academy offense and and with their defense win nine ten maybe even eleven games next year. But also, you know, I think even Sharon and Jim Harbaugh would say like, hey, there's 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 definitely room to improve when you're losing your two year starting quarterback, your two year starting running back, your top two wide receivers, a starting tight end from a snap perspective, and then your top six offensive linemen. You know, I think that's that's the big question. And Sharon Moore was asked about it. He said, you know, he he said what he needed to say, which was this is a reload, not a rebuild. That's the right approach to take. But if you're being, especially when you're talking to reporters, but if you're being honest, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. And so that's I think the looking inward, finding out what you need and then finding out what the players want. What you know, what, what can Sharon Moore do for the players that maybe Jim Harbaugh missed? Was there a blind spot? Was there something that Sharon Moore has? As someone who was a power five division one football player in the 21st century, is there stuff that that he can do? Can he continue the push for revenue sharing? Can he, you know, I, you know what, what do the players want to hear? Cause I, I still go back to when Jesse Minter first arrived at Michigan. I feel like I've shared this story too many times now, but you know, the first thing he did when he had his meeting with his players, it was not him coming in and outlining what he wanted to do with the defense. It was him coming in, grabbing, you know, a marker and saying, what do you guys want this defense to be known for? I think if Sharon Moore does the same thing, he's already a hit with the players. But I think that would really help the momentum 
of Michigan's program because I think the players, when the players are driving the bus, when they're when they're leading the the team in college football, that that team's going to go far because you know for I don't know probably two thirds of the year, it's going to be player led workouts, player led practices, and and you know there'll be coach advisements I'm sure and meetings and things like that, but you know it, you do want your players to feel empowered to lead the team. And so, yeah, what do they want to see out of this program? This is, this is a changing of the guard, but it's also an opportunity if you're a player or if you're a coach to kind of put your own stamp on things, you know, this can be Colston Loveland's team, Donovan Edwards team, Rod Morris team, Will Johnson's team. It's not JJ and Blake's team anymore. It's not Trevor and Zach's team anymore. It's it's a, it's a whole new core of leaders. And what do they want to see? And so, yeah, if you're if you're Sharon Moore, I think I'm sure he's already done it to some degree. But I think your move is you're trying to maintain how things are going. But you're also you want to you want to get these players excited. You know, you want to get them no more checking Twitter, no more trying to see what Harbaugh's doing. Just just go to the gym and and, you know, kind of set the tone for the rest of the year because they're reigning national champs. And a lot of teams are going to be real eager to try to beat them next fall. And a lot of teams will have the talent to to pull that off. You know, if, if Michigan takes a step back, but Michigan also has its own opportunity to not take a step back. So that'd be, you know, I, I agree with you. I think the recruiting, hitting the ground running recruiting, but I think the other thing would be getting that plan in place to one, kind of know what you have with your team heading into spring practices. But two, Steve, maybe you disagree. I think that spring transfer portal window, if I'm Michigan, I'm hitting that a little bit harder than I hit the winter portal window. You know, it kind of depends on how different who steps up in spring practices and stuff. But I think quarterback receiver nickel, I think the second corner, potentially offensive line, offensive tackle, possibly. I think there's a few positions where Michigan could add some depth, add some talent, you know, and, and kind of round out its roster similar to what it did last year with like eight, nine transfers. So, yeah, I think getting that that plan in place and starting to set the tone for 2024 can be can be really beneficial. Because, I, I mean, Michigan this week is a big opportunity for recruiting. But also, I mean, they keep winning, keep the program going. Suddenly, as you said, Michigan can sell everything on the recruiting trail. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll take a look at a couple things that Sharon Moore might be able to improve upon for Michigan now that he's the man in charge. We'll also talk about early expectations for 2024. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Steve, I, I think I touched on a couple things I hinted that, you know, maybe Michigan could approve upon. In your mind, what's one area that Sharon Moore could really, I mean, it's it's probably too early to say upgrade or be better than Jim Harbaugh at, but that potential's there. Or that's something that, that's a change or a tweak uh, that could benefit Michigan. Uh, I mean, I'll say upgrade. I, I, I just think Michigan more aggressive on the recruiting trail. Now, that doesn't mean... Uh, when I say aggressive, it does not mean that they're going to start uh, throwing bags around like a lot of other programs are right now. It's not an NIL thing. It's just a straight up, just hit the road harder uh, type deal. I, I When our national guys go and cover events, uh, there will be guys that, you know, you always interview the top guys there and stuff. And again, Michigan's always recruit like 
I like like basically my my thought on Michigan recruiting is it's it's a lot like some of the other it's like they need to find a balance. I think if you're Michigan and, and you're Cheryl Moore, you want to keep the eval not a situation if you're Michigan. I don't think you reinvent the wheel as far as just going for the highest ranked kids you can get. Right. I think you need to strike a balance and, and keep finding, keep turning over every rock and finding guys that aren't only talented in your mind on the field, but also fit the program. But there are certain instances, certain recruitments over the years, I feel like where Michigan maybe has, has been outworked in certain cases. I, I think with Sharon on leading, I think that, that there's much less of a chance of those types of things happening. I think we'll hear Michigan a lot more on the recruiting trail just in general uh, from kids when they say, you know, who's been recruiting you, which schools have been recruiting you the hardest. I think we're going to start to hear Michigan a lot more. Now, whether that's because they expand things in the recruiting department or just are more aggressive or maybe a couple of the hires are a little more recruiting driven, uh, we'll see. But I do think that's one area. And I, to be clear also, just for the tenor of this podcast, I'm not only mentioning recruiting stuff because I do mostly recruiting. I mean, I just think it's one area where Michigan can really, you know, maybe do, again, I don't want to say a better job because, like, even, like, I look at the class they just signed. It was ranked, like, 22nd or something. It was like, dude, I love the class they brought in this cycle. Like, and, again, not just being a defender, but, like, there's so many guys who are ranked, like, 87, 88 that are not 87 or 88s in my opinion. But there are, yeah, there are certain – situations uh and, and scenarios where Michigan can maybe modernize the pro the approach a little bit so and I believe he's I believe more again that was what got him hired to Michigan in the first place I feel like was his ability to connect and recruit I mean a Mac yeah. Mac tight end coach uh you know tight not to a tight end coach a lot of times is where you put like the way Michigan did it was great I think and it's sort of maybe what Jim by design but like yeah you you your tight end coach, I think your hope is that eventually they could be an offensive line coach. So it's like a tight end coach is, to me, at least in a lot of ways, is like sort of the assistant to the offensive line coach. Sort of like how Grant Newsom has been viewed as the potential successor to Sharon as on, as the offensive line coach. Um, you know, but a lot of the a lot of the situation, like when he was brought in, I mean, right, not like almost from the get go, he was recruiting guys out of his general area and that didn't play his position. Right. And he did a great job. I mean, he's obviously familiar with Oklahoma, but I mean, he was the lead on Dax Hill. Uh, he was the lead on some of the guys from modern day in California. Like I know he didn't pan out, but Darian green Warren, who was a four-star Michigan was recruiting against a lot of big name schools for him. He was the lead there. You don't necessarily think your tight end coach who came over from central Michigan you know, who's from Kansas and played at Oklahoma is going to be recruiting a four-star cornerback out of Southern California, you know? So like, just to speak to his recruiting ability, a lot of that is recruiting in today's college football. It's a lot of it's driven by just an actual, just passion for recruiting. And he has that. So, you know, I think that's another area where from the top down, he can kind of set the tone for the rest of the staff. I think Jim, not to say Jim didn't like recruiting at all. That's not really my thing and my, my opinion, uh, but I just do think like on a day-to-day basis, like Sharon will be more aggressive in his recruiting approach. Yeah, he'll be more aggressive. I would argue he is a better recruiter than Jim Harbaugh was. You know, Jim Harbaugh is a well-known name. He's a household name. So I think he was able to kind of carry some similar to like a Nick Saban or, or whatever. Like he was able to, or Urban Meyer, he's able to carry some gravitas with him wherever he went, where like whenever if you're a recruit and Jim Harbaugh's calling you, you're probably picking up that phone. Sharon Moore hasn't always had that. He had to work his way up from a GA at Louisville to a tight ends coach at Louisville and then Central Michigan, recruiting coordinator and tight ends coach at Central, then tight ends coach at Michigan, O-line coach. You know, he, he's had to work his way up. And I think over time, because he was on that grind, I think he was forced in a way to build a little bit more of a network with high school coaches build a little bit more relationships in different pockets of the country. It does seem like Chicago's one area where he has re- has landed a lot of good recruits. I don't know if that was always his designated area, but it did seem like he had success there. Oklahoma, uh, it seems like he's got connections in Colorado and Texas. Like there's, there's a few, not that he would, as a head coach, he would be a regional guy, but it does seem like he's been tasked 
in his career with building a little bit more uh, of a network at times and not just with high school coaches, but with, you know, other college coaches or, or people who run some of the camps. I think he's really personable too. I don't know how to say this without sounding like a jerk, but like you can tell watching Jim Harbaugh's press conferences and Sharon Moore's press conferences that there's a lot, there's a lot of similarities, but I think Sharon is a little bit more of a conversationalist. He's a little bit more of a, uh, he's going to open up and connect. And and I've heard from current Michigan players. I, I feel like you've heard from it when recruiting. He's Sharon is such a hit with the families, you know, cause he's a family man himself. I mean, he, he really, he literally wore his family on his sleeves today. He had the socks with, uh, with his dog on it that his daughter picked out, which is kind of cute. Could I, oh, I, I, I think I have a good, so, so yeah, cause you're right about the personable thing. I, I think Jim was one of those is one of those who's like personable, but like on his terms. Sure. Okay. And like, I feel like Jim's the type of person. So like, if I like say I saw him and I, I went up to him and like started telling him a story that he would just be like staring off in the distance and not listening to my story. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. And so, but Sharon, much more of your, like would actually, you could have a conversation uh, with him and stuff. Yes. So that I, as I was, I, I felt like I had a good analogy there. I feel like that would be exactly yes. Jim, very personable, but like, He'd be somebody who'd come up to you and tell you, say it was some quirk or some some goofy yeah, thing or right, whatever, yeah. and then you would like start talking to him, and then he would sort of just like float away. Like <laughs> you wouldn't, you really wouldn't get him back. You know, I was like, uh, I, I yeah. think one nationally noted example is probably the Peyton Manning story, where he was like, I can't remember, was he was like recruiting Peyton. I know he wasn't recruiting Peyton, but there was some situation where he was like at Peyton Manning's house. Like Peyton, Ma- Peyton's mom was like, "Hey, do you guys want like? Can I get you guys anything?" <laughs> didn't Didn't Jim say like a glass of milk and a PB and J sandwich? Like, you know, usually just kind of say, "Oh, water," like, you, you, or you just don't say anything. <laughs> and like, he's yeah, always no been, thanks, no thank you. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it feels like every person who's ever interacted with Jim Harbaugh has some story about how he was not not necessarily in an off putting way, but he was just, there was something odd. You know, he he said something odd or did something odd or stared off into space as you. Oh, yeah, I've seen that stare before. So it's I don't think that it hurt Michigan necessarily recruiting, but I think Sharon Moore can be a little bit more of the charmer, the personable, like the salesman, I guess. It didn't hurt Michigan on the recruiting trail with Jim because Jim, he would be personable with people in, in kids and families he's recruiting because they're football players and their football families you know what i like it, like i feel like he he would think that they're like their own they're it's their like their own group of people like he's interacting <laughs> with his own group of like people you know like i just I, just trying to sort of explain how he it, is but like i feel like it would almost be something like that ball knowers <laughs> like you know what i mean like like yeah just, that's you know because yeah because he was a hit with the families too but it, yeah like you said Totally different way, you know, but yeah, no, it's just, and even yeah. if he was like a hit, like, like it's, I, I think Sharon, I can see a lot of scenarios where Sharon is just a better, like if you take away Jim Harbaugh's name brand, like, like everyone, him being a nationally known name, I think Sharon Moore would out recruit him. I, I just personally, I, I, I feel like that's the case. And then the other thing that I'm intrigued by, I don't know what Sharon Moore will do with this. But you and I have talked about it for pretty much since episode one. Boy, the national media really had this bone to pick with Jim Harbaugh. And I think part of it was like the weird awkwardness, the the stare downs in the press conferences, the fact that he didn't build this network. You know, he wasn't doing giving reporters one on ones. You know, there was. Yeah. If you weren't like a football player, he was actively recruiting or coaching. Uh, You know, I think a lot of people were irked by it. I do kind of wonder how Michigan will do with a reputation that is a little bit less, I don't want to like, con- there's a little less contempt in terms of like national reporters. There aren't going to be, I mean, you know, if Michigan does something wrong, I'm sure people will write about it, but it, I, I kind of want your thoughts on this. I, I just know like it's lifted off the shoulders a little bit. hundred percent where it's so, not going to be hounding Harbaugh quite as much. 
in 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 an ever from every angle to I even say from the recruiting angle a little bit. I guess the best another good way to put it with Jim versus Sharon potentially is I think with Jim, I think there would there would be like a a narrower spectrum of kids that would resonate with him. But the ones that would resonate with him would resonate with him heavily, like big time. With Sharon, I think you might see a wider spectrum of possibilities as far yes. as the type of player and the type of family that will resonate with them. Because I know one thing that was always comical to me, and this actually speaks to your national media angle, countless, like I can't even think of how many kids would that, that would visit Michigan or meet Jim for the first time and would just be like, he's nothing like what, you know, I read or hear about on ESPN or on whatever, you know, because there were, they, yeah. And the national media never did well with Jim. I would always, in a lot of ways, it's kind of maybe weird. I may have made this a comparison before and it's, it's different, but it's sort of the same. We're like, kind of like Barry Bonds, how like they just didn't really conform to the media, like the way the media does things necessarily with Jim. I feel like with Bonds, maybe just, him just kind of being a little bit more of an off-putting jerk about it because he just didn't like the media. With Jim, it was the, I mean, no other way to put it, uh, just always was like himself. And like I think in a lot of ways, people can't handle major figures that are like themselves, you know, and that aren't You know, like I a, went to some of the, you know, at the bowl events or the media events, like like the Big Ten media stuff, like be at, you know, lunch tables with national reporters. It was, it was kind of remarkable how like you kind of realize how spoiled some some of them are where they're like yeah he didn't give me a one-on-one after the interview and i'm like yeah jim harbaugh wouldn't give like the president of the united states a one-on-one like that's just not you know it's but but again sort of going back to what you said like and not in an off not really in an off-putting way necessarily just he'd be more liable to like give a one-on-one to like a a guy doing a podcast a third about grade flag special teams. Coach. Yeah, like a, like a, yeah, like a special like a a guy doing a, a podcast about like special teams in football or something like some obscure podcast that doesn't do any numbers, you know, that but but it's only about like special teams. Like he'd be more liable to same idea like I said about that ball knowers. It's just like, you know, so <laughs> but or like yeah, trusted just, agents, known friends yes, and trusted agents. Yes, you know, I feel yes. like he had a very tight group that was like not that large in numbers, but obviously it was very tight. Whereas like, I think Sharon Moore, I mean, we'll see, we'll see, right. He gets to put his own stamp on the program, but I think he could be a little bit more of a coach who does. I mean, at the very least the hit jobs, the overreaction stories, the, the, I would say the narrative pushing that's going to be gone. And if he wins, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 games next year. It, there's not going to be rumors planted about him going to the NFL, right? Like this is going to be a little bit, it, it might, it might not look that different to like local people who like read local articles, but I, I do kind of wonder like the national perception. I don't know what Sharon Moore does with this. It might help with recruiting. It might just help with general camaraderie. I don't know, but you know, Michigan might stop being this like pariah, you know, with with like certain national media reporters. They might stop because it was always crazy to me. I, Steve, I don't know how much you would travel uh, like to the southern parts of the country. But like if I were in Florida or or North Carolina or like Tennessee or Texas, like I, I've been to those places. And, and I, you know, whether it was a family or friend I was with would have a Michigan shirt on and people, people would like genuinely think that like Jim Harbaugh, like murdered somebody like that. That was the vitriol they had for it. And a lot, sometimes. Cause they all listen to Paul, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's really, I mean, that, you don't know, think about it, though, that, that, that there's probably a whole, a very large group of people of college football fans in that part of the country, whose entire opinion about Jim Harbaugh has been formed by that guy. Or <laughs> wannabes, similar right, like right? yeah, no, just that. that we whole, talked we talked yeah. about this in during like the sign gate stuff. Like there's just like this weird. He he's not a part of the boys club. He's not a part of like the the you know various like networks of reporters and coaches who kind of come up together and know each other and trade you know exchange information with each other all the time. Like he he doesn't do any of that. He's not particularly close with opposing 
uh, coaches. He's not particularly close with any reporters. Yeah, he, he doesn't play those games. So, you know, that that does inflict the narrative. And yeah, it's just crazy. It's like people would like, and, and this was before, for those curious, like before the sign gate stuff, whatever. This was like 2016, 2017, what, Satellite camps. I mean, yeah. this is like going back to the satellite. Like even like, I remember like there being like, imagine how stupid this is looking back. Like people, the criticisms when he was wearing like local players, like jerseys in the different cities yeah. <laughs> that they would travel to. Like, how can you like, how dumb uh, is that? You know, but I just remember like, yeah, going back to the satellite camp days or just like the uproar. Like I remember uh, these satellite camps that would have, that would host hundreds of kids and have double digit schools. I mean, not a better opportunity for a high school prospect, you know, not all about trying to get a scholarship from Michigan. I mean, you're talking like kids trying to get like plenty of schools there looking for any level of kid. Uh, and you have like, like sites, like I remember, like, I think it was like newjersey.com that just went on this like crusade against Harbaugh uh, and the, and the satellite camps and stuff. And, uh, but, but, th- but that sort of quirky off-putting idea is easy to manipulate that into a polarizing figure you know what i mean like and that's yeah and that's i think what kind of would happen uh is because they were able to sort of create a polarizing figure out of his legit because per- what you see is what you get with him you know and with sharon that i don't think you're gonna see it's not gonna be like that right i mean i think he's no. gonna be much more what affable Yes, because I will say, I mean, you know, Harbaugh, when he had a chance to take a subtle swipe at Ryan Day, he took it. When he had a chance to take a subtle swipe at Kirby Smart, he took it. You know, there was like, you know, on Twitter, I mean, there there were, I I don't feel like, I mean, we'll see. Sharon Moore is just getting started. This is day one, right? But I, I predict that this summer will feel a little different for Michigan fans because they won't have to like, you know, other than the NCAA stuff, which, you know, we'll see uh, what that what that looks like with Harbaugh gone. That was actually one of my questions that I'm curious about over the next couple months. But it will be interesting because, yeah, a lot of the familiar names that, that Michigan fans are probably thinking in their heads right now are reporters who seem to always have a bone to pick with Harbaugh in Michigan. Like whenever there's like the slightest opportunity to to do a hit story, they do it. Or whenever there's a chance to like knock them down a peg, they they seem to take it. Well, think about what, what happens think, if Michigan becomes the likable team, right? Well, <laughs> like, that with the whole sign gate thing, I think that'll take a while if it does ever happen. That's fair, right? But but but, but even has, have you heard any reporter say a negative thing about Sharon Moore? No, because there. But but to be, it, it would be it, it would be interesting to see what could even be contrived into a negative on him so far. I mean, the most of the country, if they've been exposed to him at all, was the post-game interview after Penn State. And right. it's really, it's honestly, I mean, sorry, but kind of hard to criticize the passion of winning a hard-fought game with everything that the the team. It the was kids. a lot of waterworks. I I, I did catch right. people, like, teasing him. But, yeah, no one was but, like, but this not guy's like, a jerk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um like what if what if Michigan has the culture that it has, but then the media treatment of Penn State? What happens then? That won't. No, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, Not you're probably happen. right. You're probably right. But I do kind of wonder. Like, like that. I don't know if that was a. It, it did never seemed like it was a weight on Harbaugh's shoulders. But I do kind of wonder, like, what happens if there's like a little bit more. I don't know. Just positive affirmations you know positivity uh when when the program's being discussed is particularly nationally i always felt like local media i mean everyone's gonna have their bone to, bones to pick but i feel like as a member of the michigan beat i feel like we all did a pretty fair job going both ways on it so no i think i was gonna ask you do you think uh that was something that the on the i don't know if a both piece or the few pieces last night that when we were on the i was on the board a lot of people wondering if like like media accessibility will change at all, and I said I have zero anticipation that any. No, of that. I don't think that's, that'll change. Right, that's because even... Jerome himself has changed, like how he goes right. about press conferences, and I I get it because when you're the higher profile you are, the more slip up or out of context quote or misunderstanding can be taken. But Stinks I don't expect. For... 
stinks for our users because like i always every time i always compare yeah. it to like uh florida state site has always had it made like i don't know if it's the same under norvell but i know under jimbo like they would actually their most of their practices would be wide open i mean i remember when josh newberg was with us for florida state i remember him being able to sit next stand next to jimbo fisher and literally do an entire video clip of Jameis winston throwing passes in practice and it's <laughs> like can you imagine how well how well received it would be like if fans if oh yeah to, we fans would feel up. closer to the team they feel right. closer to the players so the right. reporting would be more accurate it'd be yeah uh better i get We'd both be sides though i get better i yep. get both sides but but yeah no i just it would but it was a totally fair question to ask based on well kind of the differences we've just discussed about jim and sharon is like would he maybe open things up a little more you know that the idea that being a little more media friendly will yeah, could could it maybe well could increase the chance that you're more well liked or more you know better received? But I zero like because I assume he's going to keep access. He's probably going to do exactly what Jim did. Right, that's I, one of those ones that you probably don't rock the boat. But when he goes up and and sits at a press conference interview for an hour at Big Ten Media Day, one the questions might be a little less hostile. There aren't reporters that are flying in kind of just to like irk Harbaugh it right. seems like and, and two you know I think that might break some of the tension because man, those those especially the national when the national reporters got involved the Jim Harbaugh pressers were intense I mean it was just you, you were kind of like waiting for something to go off the rails and it didn't always but you were kind of waiting on it I feel like Sharon sometimes he says less like he doesn't have like the one-liners the analogies or the quips you saw in today's you know, when I was doing today's press conference transcript, it was it was not quite as it, in some ways it was less entertaining from that than a Harbaugh presser. But also the general like conversation felt a little bit more natural. So I don't know. Curious to see how that looks. Last thing we're going to discuss before we get out of here, Steve, Michigan has got a doozy of a schedule next year. It's not quite as bad as people rumored. Like, I know there were people talking that it might be the toughest schedule of all time. It's not. It's not even close. I don't even think it ranks as a top five toughest schedule in the country next season, but it is a tough schedule, 12 games. I think Ohio state, Oregon and Texas are all trending toward being preseason top five teams. And then you can add a trip to Washington. That's not going to be easy. Even if the team is undergoing a transition, Uh, USC is going to have a lot of talent. You know, there's, you know, Michigan State is a rivalry game. Like, there's, it's going to be a tough schedule, especially those, those three at the top. Long way to go. We don't even know who the quarterback will be. There's, there's a lot of question marks, but, but your early thoughts on expectations for 2024. I, I'll, I'll get this out of the way. If you're inside the program, you should be expecting, you should be training like you are gunning for a fourth straight Big Ten title and a second straight national title because you have the talent and the license and ability to be that good but thinking from the outside where you and i are early expectations for 2024 with sharon moore at the helm uh the 12 team playoff changes things right i think if you're michigan you should absolutely feel like you like i think i think i think success for a first year would be will be dictated by whether or not they get into that 12 team playoff it's kind of a new way to use a new new idea as a measuring stick really a 12 team playoff now uh because yeah i agree the the fear regarding the schedule may be a bit overblown, but it's still a tough schedule. Uh, you know what? But they get they could be a top ten team, and if Oregon, Texas, and Ohio State are as advertised, Michigan could right. end up going nine and three. Yep. Which again, that that's where you'd be fascinating. Let's say they lose, like let's just again not to poop on stuff, but um, say they lose all three of those games in close fashion, could still be twelfth in the country. By the end of the year, with that, you know, with that, I just, I don't know. But either way, I agree. The defense, personnel-wise, and again, we're speaking as what the roster looks like right this moment. We don't know. Like, I again, I'm with you. I don't anticipate much, if any. Actually, I don't anticipate any major, which while while we're recording this, I mean, I think Alejandro's at the basketball game. I saw those like Will Johnson, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, like all those guys are at the game right now with Jerome Moore. The defense should be good enough. And they are not there for the basketball. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> right. They're there to to show that the 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 togetherness yeah. and the unity I, and, and I, to talk I mean, at halftime. Yeah. I, mean, I forgot that they played. The defense, it'd be one of those situations where I mean I don't anticipate a game where the defense doesn't play well enough to keep Michigan in it, right? I think most of their questions are offensively and probably start at the quarterback position. But I gotta think, like you said, expectations have changed. For me, the measuring stick is because, yeah, because they, they still lost a lot offensively, particularly up front. And I mean, offensive starters, yeah. Right? It, I guess the up front thing, at least they're replacing with veterans. Like, it, there's nobody coming in that's totally green. I mean, a guy like El Hadi is in his, will be in his fourth year next year. Like, let's just assume, let's, and let's project him as the left guard, starter at left guard, let's say, right? Um, you know, they aren't, re- these guys aren't being replaced by unprepared uh, inexperienced guys. I mean, these, and it, it's not just about third year. It's like being within that program, within that weight program, like all that stuff. So, you know, the potential is definitely there, but yeah, to me, the measuring stick is, do they get into that 12 team playoff or not? I really think. And like I said, that's actually a nice little measuring stick for Michigan to have with the first year head coach with a tougher schedule with questions at quarterback. Uh, I think, I think getting back in should would, to me would maybe determine whether or not next year is a successful season or not. And that because when you get in, you're all of a sudden you're in the playoff and you have a ton of players who have experience in multiple playoff settings, including the head coach. So, so yeah, I mean, and you get your yeah. shot at a national championship too. And I think that means, you know, because it used to be, oh, New Year's Six or BCS Bowl, you know, for, for a lot of the 21st century, those were kind of the, the terms that would be used as kind of like that top group. But now that whole top group at least gets a shot and they do get to, really train for a championship and everything. So, yeah, I think that's a, that would be a huge box to check, you know, year one. I I think again, Michigan itself is going to dream bigger. They're going to aim higher. They're going to train like they've been training uh, to try and once again, prove people wrong. People didn't think they could do it in 2021. And then they lost a bunch of the, the senior star players. Then they said they couldn't do it in 2022. I think everyone believed in them in 2023, but you know when you think about all the stuff that happened throughout the season, uh, I think there was a lot of folks who thought that maybe they would slip up at some point, uh, and they didn't. So now they can prove people wrong again, and and perhaps this will be a even more motivated group just because there will be a little bit of that doubt. It will be an objectively younger team, though. I did the math last year's too deep. You know, thinking top top eleven on both sides of the ball, and then the eleven behind them. They had 22 players last year in their fourth, fifth, or sixth seasons. Uh, this year, I, I did like my current projected two deep. If they add transfers, of course, this will change. I had them at 11. 11 guys in their fourth, fifth, or sixth season. I don't think they had any sixth-year guys, but fourth or fifth seasons. Uh, that's that's a that's a much younger group. I mean, it just is. That, that will be younger than most teams in the country. That's younger than Ohio State. That's younger than Texas. I'm pretty sure that's younger than Oregon. So... It will be a transit. I mean, as of right now, my current view, if you want to hear someone tell you they're going to go 12 and 0, you're just going to have to listen to someone else because my current view is I see them as like a 10 and 2 team. I think they I don't think they lose all three of those heavy hitting games, especially with two of them at home, but I could definitely see them losing two of them, you know, that Texas one. Man, it's just so early. I mean, you're going to pretty much be asking if it if it is Alex or or Jane Denigal. I mean, that's week 2. Right. That's it's I guess it's similar to what Alabama had with Texas this year when when it was Jalen Milrow very early on. So all of that to say, yeah, I'm I'm looking at more if I'm predicting right now to 10 and two, which probably does put you in the playoffs, but might not get you to one of those bowl games. You might just be playing someone on the road and it might be it might be a tough matchup. Who knows? I think personally, that's where I'm at. And it will be on, on Michigan to either add players through the transfer portal or develop players through their culture and development program to kind of, kind of prove that wrong. I mean, they're losing 18 players who started at least four games last season. That's, that's a lot. I mean, that's, 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 I mean, even on the offensive line, they're not just losing their top five, they're losing their top six. So it's, it's definitely going to be a different kind of team, but you know, sometimes that can be really motivating. A lot of players are training, hoping that they can take a starting job right now. A lot of players are sticking around and 
kind of seeing this vision. I mean, it's a lot of players are going to wait to see and, and see what this culture looks like, see how things are maintained. And that's, that's going to give Sharon more a little bit of breathing room or little room to operate where he doesn't have to just do exactly what the player, you know, he doesn't have to just placate to the players. He can build his own culture and, and everyone will give him that spring to kind of show what, what that can look like. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. There'll be tons of storylines. I'm sure we'll keep doing podcasts uh, throughout the month, you know, as, they probably get a new defensive coordinator, probably make a couple other assistant coaching hires. I'm not quite sure, you know, who's who's locked in or, or whatever necessarily. Uh, but be sure to check out all the stories on it over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. We'll have tons of recruiting content. We'll have tons of basketball content <laughs> if you want it. Uh, but, of course, you know, when they're coming off national championship, new head coach, there should be no shortage of football content. So get your fix there from our entire staff. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost. Everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.